0: Can't get enough wrestling talk? Well, check out Ringside Rant with top guys RJ and Justin, the kings of ranting. The new shows drop each Friday morning at 9 Eastern, and it'll take you back to the good old days of pro wrestling, but also the not-so-good days. Ringside Rant is available on all podcast platforms, as well as full press coverage, Wrestling with Johnner's Network, and The Shining Wizards Network. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore ringside rent. It's ringside rent with RJ and Justin new shows drop Friday morning at nine Eastern. That's ringside rent with RJ and Justin, a couple of top guys doing top guy stuff. It's ringside rent with RJ and Justin new shows Friday mornings, at nine Eastern.
1: It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rand is with you this week. And introducing your host, he is Cincinnati's favorite son, J.D. Justin Davis. And from Rochester, New York, he is the man with the magical voice rj and as always welcome to ranters nation welcome back to episode 148 of the ringside rant i am the man with a magical voice rj He is a very tired J.D., Justin Davids. Justin, what's up, man? You've been roughing all week, man. What's going on?
0: I know they're running me fucking ragged around here. Uh, Did a little district girls high school basketball tonight, or today, tournament basketball, and it was a little wild. Had a girl pull another girl's hair in the middle of the game, so slapped slapped an intentional foul on her. but Is that le- is
1: that legal in your state then, or do you have to pay wow. extra
0: for that? I I don't know. I'm sure it's gonna be legal on this pay per view though. As we're coming up,
1: <laughs> I figure what the hell. Uh, but no, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going well, man. It we we're at that point of the month, man. It's our my favorite time of the month where we get to welcome in one of our uh, loyal listeners uh, to watch a couple matches with us with this major pay per view of the month. Um, this month. We are uh, building up from with all the nitros that we've had the last three weeks. We're building up the Super Brawl Eight here, uh, San Francisco, California. The Cow Palace, one of the most iconic venues, I'd say, in all professional wrestling, let alone maybe just the West Coast. But
0: the place um, that Pat Patterson built.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you go all the way. if He moved from California all the way up to Seattle and every point in between uh and we're starting to see a lot of the aew guys run, start running the cow palace i really i personal opinion i really like to see um, wwe go in the cow palace obviously they did in the past
0: um i think there's a bar here in huntington called the cow palace is it really (laughs) i don't know every time i go in there i see some cows i know that
1: no, that's your local supermarket <laughs> At the wrong, wrong place. Well, it's either that or it's the other place. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you got, you're going to have to drink a couple more whiskeys there, Justin for, uh, Ugh. well, you, you, you drink it for both of us. Why not? But, uh, why not introduce our special guest this week? He is the man that runs the state of Alabama. No, it is not Conrad Thompson. No, it is not Dave Silva. It is not even Casio kid. We had to pull a lot of strings to get this guy,
0: Terry Weaver.
1: No, not him. (laughs) He is the Georgia Bulldogs football team's favorite fan. He's the one. He's the only. Thank God. He's the only one. Adam from Bama. Adam, what's up, man? Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, I appreciate you bringing me in right after Justin talks about the cows and the Cow Palace because that <laughs> seems like like a dating area here in Alabama. So it's perfect timing, brother. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely one of the one of the people that we definitely wanted to have on last month. We had uh, the devilish one himself, Devin Dowling. He's actually uh, update from last week. We talked about his uh, flooding basement.
0: Did he get his- it pumped out?
1: He did get it pumped out. It is dry. He ended up him and his wife, girlfriend, fiance, whatever she is to him. I have no idea. I'm I'm sure he told me one of these times and I just completely forgot, but they ended up shoving a bunch of towels and shit into the cracks. And uh, (laughs) when that froze out here, because it basically went from like 50 degrees to like 25 overnight. So everything froze. So there's yeah. no more water. Now it's a matter of, okay, well, once everything thaws out again, it'll probably flood again. But I, as far as I, think I that's know, his basement's bone dry.
0: I think that's what they used to do to Yokozuna, just throw the towels in the crack. <laughs> and that's how. Well, you have that's... to
1: have M- Master Fuji just throw the salt in there too to kind of <laughs> soak up a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, just thrilled to have you on, Adam. I know uh, we just got off a great, uh, what was it, game night with Efren, so. Might as well hit the ground running again and watch some good wrestling.
2: Get
0: it. So, Hey, by the way, do you know, um, RJ that I once mooned this man in a (laughs) waffle house in Florida.
2: Jacksonville, Florida.
1: Oh, for when you guys went down there for AEW?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We had a wild night and, uh, yeah, needless to say, Adam went through the door to go to the hallway of the bathroom, and there was something waiting on him when he got I, through there.
2: I wish I could say that's the first time I've seen your ass, but it's
1: not. <laughs> it's not the oh man. okay, well, yeah. okay, I don't know what's more disturbing is that he walked in on you and you had your pants down around your ankles <laughs> in the bathroom. I think no, I wasn't son- even
0: in the bathroom. No, I was in the
2: hallway outside
0: oh, well, the
2: bathroom. Oh Oh,
0: were you drunk? Well, what do you think?
2: <laughs> Was he a white?
1: At this, at this point, I don't know, Justin. I really don't. It, it could be a toss-up at this point. You could do some stupid shit when you're sober. Oh, oh.
0: We, had, we had been to Dave and Buster's with uh, the great Mike Dawkins and some other people there. Hey,
1: don't yeah, you, you bring great. the good goddamn name of Michael Dawkins into this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm blaming Dawkins for my inebriated state.
1: <laughs> oh, sure. Why not? What the hell? Oh that, that has t-shirt written all over it. Just two butt cheeks or two ham, two <laughs> ham and eggers.
0: But there was uh, yeah, there was some extra ham at the waffle house that night.
1: I'm never going to be able to look at a ham steak again and th- <laughs> not think of that. Thanks, I
0: appreciate it.
2: And I, I love ham too. Of you son after of that, bitch. matter of fact.
0: <laughs> and it was and scattered, a, smothered, and covered too.
1: And it comes out scattered and splattered, right?
0: <laughs>
2: I'm
1: done. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, <laughs> we, we'll just we'll just close up shop for tonight. But uh, but before we do, let's send it up to the ring to Mister Rich Palladino. It's the opening contest. All right, boys. So we're starting off this pay per view very hot. We talked about it last week, Justin, and even Amy Topgale. Amy brought it up in one of her questions. Is this TV title? Um, squ- triangle I guess we could call it uh starting off how huh, with these two matches man I don't I don't know if it's a matter of if I like it or not but we're starting off with the champion Rick Martel yes that Rick Martel taking on the former champion Booker T uh, I don't know do you like this match Justin
0: yeah I did it was interesting though because Martel was a face I guess but he was working as a heel in this match for sure. Um yeah, I I always love Rick Martel. I loved him in WWE when he was the model. Mm-hmm. Um always was a big fan of his and Booker T, man. What can you say about him here? He's he is definitely you can see him becoming a star kind of in this pay-per-view. Um and I just love starting off the ma- or starting off a pay-per-view with that fucking good ass Harlem heat music gets all the fans raising the roof. We're ready to roll.
1: Well, it was either that or the better, the music that we did last week or let's just say you did last week with Rick Martell. It sounded like, uh, it was like in, uh, blasting from one of Adam's, uh, daughter's bedroom or something with the, uh, rave music or something, but, um, no, but surprisingly enough, I don't know if either of you knew this, but, As hard as a worker that Merck Martell has been throughout his career, he wrestled this match with a torn uh, MCL
0: Yeah, halfway into this match. That's crazy.
1: And it's just, uh, you think that you've seen it all in professional wrestling. You've you've heard the stories you've heard of guys working, you know, go back to WrestleMania 19 when. Brock Lesnar hit the shooting star press and basically almost killed himself when he almost broke his neck and he missed it against the angle there. But you going back to all you all did you know, all the old school days, the eighties, early nineties, you get all these stories of guys that are working hurt and you go back and watch this. It's like, how the hell could he do this? Um, did he come
0: back from that injury or was he done after that? I'm, in this pay-per-view or just all together? No, all together.
1: I think it took him a while, but I think he did come back. I know he came back and he didn't really have the same, the same run that he, they gave him here, which I was surprised that he got the title right off the bat. I know we talked about it last week, but um, we're going to see, we are going to see Booker go over in this match, with the Harlem sidekick in 10 minutes and 34 seconds. I thought the finish was great. Um, Adam being the former worker that you are, for those of you that aren't familiar with Adam for bad, he was, and maybe soon will be again an interim worker. Who knows? Uh, you can always put Adam in a camel clutch anytime. Let me tell you. Um, uh, <laughs> what did you think about this match looking at these two guys, obviously Booker two different, two different times of their careers. Ah, oh,
2: you know, you, you go back to the injury. And being in the ring, you don't realize anything's really hurting until you're slowed down and you're like, oh, man, what'd I do? You know, it's because your adrenaline's pumping, especially when you got somebody cheering for you, booing you. And when, you're, when you're in that zone, you don't realize what's going on until, oh, dang, what's what's going on? Your adrenaline slows down. So I to see how Rick Martel finished his match, mm-hmm. you know, before he realized, hey, man, I'm hurting. But – uh. Yeah, it's just good to see, you know, Booker T, he wasn't, he, I mean, how long he he been in the business by then? Like, this like is, 10 years something?
1: no, this is what, 98? I'd say he's probably been in elite maybe five, six years. I think he's been in since at least 93 and 94.
2: Okay. So it's, yeah. It, it's but at least good to see that. them have that chemistry.
1: Yeah. But it's. One of those things that's like I don't know. Do you did you guys think that they kind of really knew that he did Terry's A or um, MCL and they caught an audible here? Or do you think that Booker T was the sole guy that they wanted to come out of this with a title?
2: I think it was Booker T all the way.
0: I do too. Yeah. I you can tell that they've been building up kind of this thing for Booker T, I feel like, you know, because I don't think you know it was as well as Rick Martell was put together in shape, I don't know if you're going to have him do back-to-back matches. You know, I think it was all meant for Booker T to do that.
1: Sure. Now, is this – we see this push with Martell here in WCW here in 98. Do you think that this was the kind of the push that they should have given him when he was with the WWF?
0: I always thought that. I always wondered why. Martel never got like a little bit more of a push to be like the Intercontinental Champion mm-hmm. as a heel, um, like instead of the Mountie. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I always felt like <laughs> I, I always felt like Rick could have been a little bit more than what they gave him there in WWE. I mean, I love that that blindfold match at WrestleMania with Jake Roberts. That was awesome, and Rick sold it sold that so well.
1: Now you said mountie not mount me right
0: uh sure or is that,
1: or, or is that another story from jacksonville i <laughs> can't
2: tell you everything come on now yeah.
0: uh so efren was there
1: i uh, know no comment i'm just gonna leave that one there so another cut we're gonna see the next uh title match here between booker t the now the champion taking on perry saturn do you think and either and this is for both of you is do you think they should should have had one match had a triple threat match and just call the night or do you like this concept of having back-to-back matches
0: i like it i it was unique and when i for some reason i i didn't remember them doing it back-to-back i thought maybe they would do it and then have a few matches and then you know Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but no i like the idea i Actually, I like them going back to back because it, you know, keeps the build going. I feel like if you, if you put Booker T back in the back and then bring him back out, it just loses a little bit of steam for the match, the second match. Mm-hmm.
2: So, I think they did it to be different, also, because you know WWE had their way of doing things, and that's how they usually did theirs. So I think True, maybe yeah. they went this route just to be different,
1: mm-hmm.
2: just to stick out. And be like, hey, we did ours back to back. So hey
1: where you at now we're we're gonna see booker tree try for the uh, harlem hangover here i I don't i can't remember a time in his singles career wdcw and wwe that he ever hit the harlem hangover do you guys remember any time
2: i think he hit it against Uh, barry horowitz or something one time that's
1: probably about it barry horowitz everybody's favorite jobber can't believe he wasn't
0: on this pay-per-view
1: yeah yeah right uh but we're gonna see how or, uh, excuse me, uh Booker T win here in 14 minutes, 25 seconds with a Harlem sidekick once again. Um, Saturn's doing his bet his damn just try to win here. He puts on the rings of Saturn numerous times. Um
0: some impressive suplexes. Oh from my Saturn. god, dude. Uh, yeah.
1: What shocked me is we're talking another two years, they'd be up in WWE, WWF at that time as part of the radicals. Uh and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was Bruce Pritchard's show that he commented that he, they really were banking on Saturn, really making a splash in the company out of their group. They never thought that, you know, Eddie would be as good as he was or Benoit or, or Dean or whomever. Um, did you guys really start to see that this was the push that, you know, did Saturn really get over? I should say, excuse me.
2: Perry Saturn was a Killer Kowalski guy. He was trained by Killer yeah. Kowalski, mm-hmm. and I think if he would have liked the stuff out of the ring, wouldn't have gotten his way. Perry Saturn would have been amazing because mm-hmm. man, he does stuff you don't see back then. And I, I think if he would got his, his ducks in a row as far as his personal life, I think he would have probably been the top, one of the top two between him and Eddie,
1: right. And I just think that they they were p- banking so much over the last few weeks, even over the last probably couple of months. Justin, stand if I'm corrected, they're really pushing the shit out of the flock here too. Yeah. Do you think that they? This is a question that was brought up by uh, our good buddy Brad Stat, and we'll get to his other questions later on. But I wanted to bring it up here because I thought it was relevant. Is do you think that they should have? you know, inserted the another flock member into this pay-per-view, or do you think they kind of just, you know, they've had enough of it?
0: Um, I mean, Kidman, I don't, Raven didn't wrestle on this pay-per-view either, did he? Mm
1: No. no.
0: Um, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of room on the card because, like, they were obviously building the Steiner thing, the Hogan thing. They've been building Davy Boy and McMichael. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I would have liked to have seen a Billy Kidman match, but it is what it is. I don't I just don't think they had the room for another cru- uh, cruiserweight match on there.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's just it, it's one of those things is like, OK, you, you see over, like I said, over the last three weeks, over the last couple of months, this bill that's like, OK, what are we going to do with these guys? And it's like, okay, then they kind of just fumble and they kind of disappear. They get disbanded. Kidman goes one way. Raven goes another. And it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do with this? But that's neither neither here nor there. Obviously, Saturn goes on as uh, being, in my opinion, in my, you might agree or disagree, but one of the better technical wrestlers between 98 and when his career ended in uh, early 2000s there. In WWE. Saturn's
0: work at ECW was really good, too.
2: Oh yeah, it,
1: definitely. Now I can't remember. Did he go over? Did he go overseas? I'm almost positive he did. Right? Did he go to like Mexico or?
0: I'm not sure. I thought I remember that.
1: seeing some work over there, Stan. Well, well, shout, shout out to Money Mike. Well, he'll get on that real quick. Uh, JD's favorite. Uh...
0: Yeah, I heard Money Mike was the star of the game night tonight. How in the hell did he come up with answers? I think he was googling it. He had to have been.
2: I don't know, the, the first guy. Uh,
0: That's, that son of a bitch thinks Dan Marino played for the Bills. He don't know anything. <laughs> I think there was
1: Boomer Esiason, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Bengals' best uh, quarterback of all time. Joe Burrow. Boomer Esiason. And he great segue to this next match. We got Disco Inferno and La Parca. Uh, obviously we saw this leading up, uh, Laura took out disco Inferno last week on nitro with a chair shot, took him out of that clusterfuck of a match that they had or supposed to have anyways. Uh, this match was, you know, it was what it was. There wasn't really anything to it. it they're, they're trying to build something here, but it just doesn't, I know it, 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 it doesn't get weird. over
0: like, do you think the fans are clamoring for a La Parca, Disco Inferno feud? Like, where in the hell did that even, like, who decided we need this feud? Because like, they both dance? Like, really? <laughs> Who's a better
1: dancer? Do you like Disco Inferno or La Parca? Oh, I'm, going La Parca. Oh,
2: I'm going I'm going La Parca.
0: I'm going La Parca too.
2: I mean, I'm a huge disco fan. Huge disco
1: fan. <laughs> but but disco is over here, man. You, you look at this crowd. He, the the chartbuster got over. Disco's getting over. I don't know how,
0: but I'm glad he's that doing have, something right. I'm glad we have a disco and Laparka match, and no fucking Bret Hart on the pay per view. <laughs> what the fuck?
2: I mean, La Laparka Disco 1998 was probably the highlight of well, uh, either one of their careers, probably.
1: Well, yeah, pretty much because you get you had this run here with disco with the TV title here early here before it got thrusted into this this uh friggin title triangle, we'll call it with uh Saturn and Martel and Booker. But yeah, I just I just think that La Parka is pretty much one of the better ring generals of the foreign wrestlers, you know, given everybody that's on that roster because he's basically given previous to this disco match, given guys that, you know, aren't over as much as other guys or newer guys in the business trying to get them over. Uh, and then he just basically just beats the shit out of them with a chair and calls it a day.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this match, I don't feel like the crowd is really into this match. I mean, they were at the end, but I felt like we could have got through this match a little quicker than they did. But
1: I just think it, it could have been. It, let me see. It was a a little bit over eleven minutes. It's about almost eleven and a half minute long. You could basically you could have cut this down in half and cut it down to about six minutes. Yeah. And couldn't gotten all your shit in and given yeah, sure. this time to somebody else. Uh but we're going to see next up is Gino out to speak with uh, JJ Dillon regarding Nick Patrick. Uh, we saw this last week um, on the nitro as well. And uh, the WCW executive committee have voted to reinstate Nick Patrick as a referee with no restrictions. I mean, what did he do wrong? Uh, he, he He's that crooked referee. He was working for the NWO. It's like, you well, we they, really need to make this a fucking thing. Do we? Really... Uh, they
0: said he fast counted at Starcade, but he didn't.
1: Yeah, it was Bret Hart, <laughs> that bastard.
0: I mean, there was no fast count, so I don't even know why he was suspended in the fucking first place. I
1: I just think they're trying to make something out of it, you know, time filler. Try to see what he can do, because I I just think this whole Nick Patrick shit's taking stuff away from out. Uh, other people you know what i mean this like i said this little match could have been cut down to six minutes this fucking segment could have been cut out um obviously they're going to need to give this is basically giving goldberg enough time to headbutt the locker and basically make sure that he's not concussed so he can make it out to the ring and uh beat somebody in three minutes flat but um
0: steve armstrong that's the other thing brad Brad. right yeah brad armstrong Do we need a Goldberg-Brad Armstrong match on this fucking pay-per-view? Like, what are we doing? You know, if it's
1: one... But the thing is, though, if it's one thing that can give Goldberg a good match, is Brad... Any Armstrong brother.
2: Especially Brad. Especially especially Brad. Brad.
1: And it's just like... When you talk most underrated wrestlers of all time, Brad Armstrong is at the top of that list. Amen. By far.
0: I love Brad. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it was just weird that we have a Brad Armstrong no. match. Goldberg on the pay per view. No, no, that no, se- no, that I'm, seems I'm like a nitro it. match.
2: Well, but yeah. this is
1: the th- you, you're trying to get Goldberg over as this freaking beast. And you need somebody to actually give him a decent match. You're not going to fucking put Barry Horowitz again, for God's sake, like they did in the <laughs> past, or Mark Starr, or whatever. Like we've seen before, you got to put him somebody that can last more than freaking a minute in the ring with him. I'm surp- honestly, I'm surprised that they didn't give him more time. It was a two minutes twenty five second match, and it's just like Goldberg's no selling half the shit that he's throwing at him. So it's like, well, what the fuck?
2: One of my favorite Goldberg matches was actually Goldberg and Saturn. Saturn made Goldberg look like a million dollars. Was that when he had that's the U.S. Just, title? Uh, I, I think it was before that. I think it was just a regular, uh, regular same. Nitro match. Yeah. But he just made Goldberg look amazing. Amazing. Because that's just Saturn. Saturn could do that.
1: Well, it was the same thing with Raven, too. Raven had the matches with him with for the U.S. title. Raven lasted more than anybody. And that's obviously that was before his uh, Goldberg's match with Hogan at uh, that Nitro in uh, Atlanta. But. Uh, but yeah, man, I just Armstrong's is so goddamn good. I just wish they would have done a lot more with him in WCW here.
0: Well, he was a goddamn candy man. What else <laughs> do you want? Was he a Racta man too?
1: Is that Steve? Yes,
0: he was a Ractaman. Hey, look they, at all these great gimmicks. for
1: that shit, didn't they?
0: Yes, WCW. That is. Look at all these great gimmicks he got handed. I mean, come on.
1: So, in speaking of gimmicks, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw, but. uh undertaker is being the headliner of the 2022 hall of fame for the wwe
0: yeah
1: legitimately the best if you want to it's a gimmick a character the undertaker is that who do you guys think inducts him do you think vince makes the exception and actually inducts him or do you think he's saying ah no i'm not gonna do it
0: what about bruce what did bruce ever do for him he was his first manager.
1: I'm just a joke. Go with it. God damn it.
0: <laughs> and,
2: Vince, Vince I mean,
0: huh? Vince, what?
2: Vince or Kane? I can see Kane doing yeah. it because the whole brothers of destruction, you know. or uh, well, you could Vince, get I would, current... would actually Vince, honestly.
1: Well, I think I would too. But you, you get a handful of guys. You get Vince. You get Kane. You get. You can Foley could do it. You could have uh, uh, Michaels do it. Um, but I, I I think the two most front runner people of doing it would be Vince and Kane just because of their, their history together, obviously. Yeah. But uh what we are gonna do now is we are going to be watching this next match, which is DDP putting his US or excuse me, no. That's another match. We're going to watch. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, we're going to, it's a cruiserweight championship match between the champion, Chris Jericho and Juventud Guerrero title versus mask. It's look. it's like, we've seen this before. Oh wait, we did last year with Guerrero and Mysterio. <laughs> Mysterio. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to go to a short break real quick so we can get everything set up make sure that, uh, Everybody is taken care of, and we are going to be going over to that in one minute. You just made the list. All right, so welcome back, guys. We are at the Super Brawl 8 episode, season 8, episode 1 over there in the pay-per-views for WCW. We are at the 57 minute and 8 second mark if you want to watch, watch along with us. It's a wide shot of this crowd at the Cow Palace. Man, they should sure as shit could pack him in here.
0: Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And I
1: Pep, and Pat Patterson is even on the damn card. It'd
0: be, it'd be awesome if he was.
1: Oh fuck yeah, man! He should be in a cruiserweight match against Chris Jericho. Book it. <laughs> Triple threat: Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson, and Chris Jericho for the cruiserweight title.
2: Yeah, because the weight limit for their cruiserweight was like two fifty, right? Exactly. Number one bullshit, a guy.
1: But, uh, interesting side note, um, before we get started here is Hoover to become actually, no, we'll get to that because that's going to spoil it on that. But, um, what we're going to do is get over to the 57 minute, eight second mark. You guys good? Yep. yep. All right. And, Adam, you want to do the honor of counting us down? Can I start from 10 or from three? Um, three because I don't know. I didn't think you from Alabama knew how to come <laughs> down
0: from 10. will get so. confused. On I the can 10. get the
2: 21. That's as far as I'm going. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was 18. It's Well, be be <laughs> all right. You ready? Three, two, one,
0: play. All righty. So we are going to hear David Penzer. Mm-hmm.
1: Er- yeah, David Penzer,
0: and he is going to announce the first contestant in this match, which is Hooven to Guerrero in some black and silver and pink.
1: So this is one of the first times we're going to see Hoovy with Hoovy juice on the back of his tights. One of the first times. Um, where does uh, where does the uh, rank as when you're Mask wrestlers had him. Hoovy's fired up.
2: Let's see, the mask wrestlers. Um, the thing is with Hoovy right here, he's only like twenty one right here. Yeah, yeah. And the stuff he does, I mean, they even even during the match they compare him to Ray Mysterio. Mm -hmm. Um, behind Ray, um, Hoovy's probably third. I mean, I got a lot of respect for Hoovy, especially Mm -hmm. after this match. I have a lot of respect for him after this.
1: Mm Hmm. And like you were saying before we came back from break, Adam, is this one is, is this is your favorite uh incarnation, we'll say, of uh, of Jericho tearing up the sign, throwing it at the fans here.
2: <laughs> that was a sign that, that was for him. That's the funny. Yeah. It was, that's yeah. the
1: sign. <laughs> look at that, look at that jacket though. Look at that vest.
0: He's got the he's got the uh airbrushed vest there with his face on the back. So
1: uh, I want next top guy weekend, I want Efren to have that. Best.
0: Oh my God.
1: In place of, and it could be like multiple scene changes. You and can no shirt, his-
0: no shirt underneath.
1: Oh God, no! <laughs> you got, you got to do it with no shirt.
0: <laughs> you
1: got to sell it, man. Um, but no. On a serious note, dude, this is typical Jericho playing up the heel heel character. You know, like you said, Adam. You know kicking and screaming, the temper tantrums, all that bullshit. Same shit that Mike's son plays and all that stuff. But, um, and also we get Mickey, uh, Mickey J here just passed away recently. So rest in peace to this. Uh, one of the yeah. best referees of all time in WCW.
2: Yeah. I love, yeah. he's like, I'm leaving the belt on. I'm not taking you off. this is my belt. Yeah, I'm leaving it on. And it's funny they reference, oh, he went into the restaurant with it. Well, here about a year or two but he did that crap that took from him.
0: Yeah. Well, he,
1: yeah, he, when he was the first AEW champion.
0: Yeah, I was actually there that weekend.
1: You took it, didn't he, you?
0: Yes, I did. I have it right here. That I bet is, you went to that's Waffle that's House after though. that too, didn't you? Uh-huh.
2: I bet, I bet you went to a Waffle House after that too. <laughs> I lost oh it at God.
0: the Waffle House.
1: <laughs> that's probably not the only thing you lost at the Waffle House.
2: Um, yeah anyway so look at him right here yeah Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're starting out slow selling this i i don't know you know jericho not taking off the belt is funny
1: but it's just it's one of those things we'll see this play up in a little bit but there's not too many people that can do that and get away with it you know jericho is just that guy that he just gives no shits
0: Oh, the back of his pants. Is that Hoovey Juice? Juice, yeah. Hoovey for life. Forever. Yeah, No, but he
1: had Hoovey Juice on the last one, I think. The last pay-per-view we saw.
0: Yeah. Oh, we finally got the belt off of Jericho.
1: (laughs) So, Adam, being the worker that you are, did you ever have any matches like they had here with the uh, the ring uh, art, we'll call it? Were you See, ever in
2: the, a were you ever in a the, ring like that the the rings i wrestled in just i am mean, from alabama um i maybe maybe one or two shows maybe had i think i can't remember the, the, the name of the place there's a place in georgia it was in trying georgia me and cabana man dam we went to a show and uh, that was probably the best ring we've been in was one of them but i don't know if y'all remember Arn anderson reference in boaz Alabama Mm-hmm. I did a lot of wrestling up there, and um, those rings are terrible. God, those are terrible.
0: Well, they say the um, here we got Super Brawl written in the middle of the mat. They say that's slippery mm-hmm. because of the however the print on there makes it slippery. Um, Adam, who was the most mm. famous guy that came to one of your shows and worked?
2: Ah, uh, uh, well. When I was first training, one of my first matches, I was actually in the ring with uh, do you remember Air Paris and Mm -hmm. from Air Raid? There was an action in WCW. Uh, I did a couple of matches with him, but there was one match AJ Styles came in and saved me from Air Paris, and that's probably the biggest you know, they weren't big then,
0: right?
2: But he actually saved me from getting hit with a chair one night here in Alabama. That I thought that was awesome. I mean, that's yeah. I claim to fame <laughs> but i've he met was, a few it, people i've met last Rue, uh big Braun reese
0: that it wasn't uh, awesome it was phenomenal see uh, what i did there
2: and where uh, is
1: this phenomenal selling here with jericho trying to get combed. he's laid out I'm dead on, on the this, outside i
2: love this i mean this is...
1: <laughs> but you don't it's the little things yes in this match adam correct me if i'm wrong that made Jericho that much better than the next guy. And then that next guy, whether it be Hoovy or Ray or Eddie or Dean or whomever, it's those little things that, A, you see him do today too, that you don't see a lot of people doing it in this era or even currently where it's those little, that bullshit heel shit. Well, just when, when
2: he's, when he's laying there, that little lean up and look with the referee and fall back down. Mm -hmm. Makes him so much better. That just that little look makes it so much better.
0: Yeah. And it's insane to think of the difference in physique of the Jericho here and the Jericho we see today. (laughs) Of course, my physique's probably a little different than it was back then too.
2: So I can't say nothing. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) You you saw saw his best side. (laughs) (laughs) Can't can't complain. (laughs) i wanted to make sure that when you were drinking something i said that um i'm
0: an <laughs> ass man
1: you're an a- you're you're you never mind i'm not gonna say that <laughs> comment i was going to never mind good see I'm, I'm getting better guys i'm getting better i just don't say anything now uh so we get jericho setting up the ring steps here for who knows what
0: and why did why did he just do that he like break the count what?
2: Oh, yeah, he broke
1: the camera. Oh,
0: yeah, he's actually okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, here it here comes, he and...
2: Oh! God, he hit that so hard, too. Oh, God. God.
0: So Jericho used the steps to, to launch himself off on Right into Hoobie. the barricade. Hoobie moves out of the way, and Jericho goes hard into that metal barricade. What with that
1: is, well, you don't even know if he actually, like, legitimately hit that or not.
0: Those old metal barricades, man, I miss those.
1: Well, you see that now with AEW, but they drape over the – ooh, ooh, there's a shoulder breaker. Uh, Still selling the throat. But you see that a lot now with AEW and even with uh, Impact. Uh, But they drape a lot of their advertisers over it or they put banners or something for the pay-per-view or what have you over it. But no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that was old school, man. That was when all of us were growing up watching WWF, WCW, whatever.
2: See right there, Jericho. He stands up. He just looks down at Houdy and just kicks him in the head. Just when he's walking by, just boom, just kicks him right mm-hmm. in the
1: head. Well, even this I mean, like this this lazada- lazadazical pin with the foot and he's flexing,
2: dude. That was yeah, freaking time, baby. Yeah. That's what, that's what we talk about when
1: that was where Aaron Cole, Cole got it from. Him. Yeah, or stole it from. We'll see how, like you said, stole it from. <laughs> borrowed.
2: Okay, hang on. It borrowed is the technical word they use. Okay.
1: He's borrowing it, just not giving it back. (laughs) But it's just – I don't think Hoovey really gets his just do as, you know, an in-ring worker because you see any of his matches, and there's always that one time, whether it was this botch or that botch, there's always one point in one of his matches that he messes something up, and I'm like – but you guys got to take into account if you are trying to do the shit that he does, you'd probably mess up too.
0: Well, they said that his match when he fought Jericho or whatever on AEW that that was a shitty match. I didn't watch it. Did you guys?
1: I remember watching it, but it was just it was a matter of you know trying to rekindle this rivalry here.
2: Yeah, here's how can this match compared to 20 years later? I mean, it's what do you expect? you were so great back here, right here.
1: It's like comparing a Goldberg match in uh, seven to uh, uh, his match that he's going to have uh, with Austin. At Mania, how, do you, so.
0: how do you look? Uh, how do you look? Uh, how did Hoovy look on the a, on AEW? He was,
1: you know, he got bigger, just like Jericho. Yeah, yeah. He,
2: he actually was in actually pretty good shape. Yeah,
1: you yeah. all things considered.
2: he he wasn't like 42 or something. Like said, he's yeah. only 21 here. Right. Oh, um, and yeah, and back to what you know you're talking about him having a watch and whatever. There was always there was always since you mentioned it, he always had one spot in every match that he over he overshot mm-hmm. or he oh you know he overstepped and he does it here a little bit too. Yeah.
0: Does he I'm still sure. does he still wrestle now full time somewhere?
1: I think he's mixed appearance. I don't think he wrestles full time. I don't think he's officially retired, but I could be wrong though. I probably am, you am, but <laughs> but no, you you also take into account too like you said, Adam, he's 21 years old here. He's got a lot of a lot of years in front of him too, so it's like okay, maybe he's just trying to do his his best to get over and get noticed and get, you know, get the gold around his waist a lot more. So
0: 98 was by far his best year though. This was the year where he started to get some uh Steam going, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah, he's he's still active right now yeah. here. and I and not, I see another name here, uh, Psychosis. His matches with Psychosis were yeah. absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, just that cruiserweight division. There really was no other secondary. You know, WWF tried to do with their light heavyweight division, but oh. it wasn't really. It wasn't as popular as this, but. Oh. You see that power bump by by Jericho? There, he's, or, oh,
0: he's, I like I like to I like to call it the Takamichinoku division.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oof! Look at that bump. What the? All the way down to the floor by Jericho. Oh, and he's selling that knee. Yeah. Don't know if it's real or if he's playing possum. <laughs> nope. See ya. Guess he's uh, taking off. Oh, maybe not. Oh.
0: And oof. He, he had to go. He had to cover some space there.
1: It, it, it was
0: a big jump. Little,
1: short, little short on that, but yeah, I think Jericho basically
2: caught him to make sure
1: he didn't fall on his
2: fucking Yeah, mat. Jericho saved him right there because yeah. he undershot that completely.
1: Well, and like you said, it's just... You think they're going over a lot of these spots or in the ring before, or you think they're just calling it as they go?
2: They have probably had match after match. I mean, they you can tell by their... You can tell how comfortable they are with each other.
0: They probably, they probably worked on this match in the house shows leading
2: up. I thought, that I thought they
1: canceled the house shows here. Was it, or that was at 98 that they British off canceled them or stopped them. Oh, and he just, Uh, oh, they were still, they were still doing them here. Nope. Oh, They were still doing them
0: here because I heard Tony, when I was watching this show, he was, he was putting over live events in Cincinnati and yeah. somewhere else.
1: Oh, So he just got the false count in three, but he mentioned that Jericho grabbed the rope with his hand and Hoovey still complained that you counted three. Mickey, you counted three. I should win. I should win the title. Oh, and he takes out his knee. Typical, typical heel fashion. Those little things, like you said, Justin, or uh, Adam, excuse me.
0: Did anyone... Hear what happened to Mickey J? Why he died? I think
1: he was. I think he was sick. From all the pictures that I've seen of him as late, he was fairly looked like he lost a lot of weight, lost his hair. I think he might. I don't know for hundred percent sure, so don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure he was ill. Okay. But uh, we're seeing, like I said, Jericho here is just he, shark smelling blood in the water. He's just going at him, keep going at him. Setting oh. up another power flat. Oh, oh. No. countered into DDT by Hoovie. Right in the middle of the ring, pulls him over, hooks a leg. Two and oh kicks out. You know, it, it's one of these matches, too. Is nowadays you see everybody you, you know when they're gonna kick out because they're looking up. You don't see that here. You know, get especially with these two guys, put your hair in your face, and even more so, obviously, with Huby with his mask, but oh. Thoss them off oh and to oh. drop right on the ding ding
2: See, there's a couple of things that I could point out in this match that you can kind of tell what's coming and what's not just by their by the way they're standing where they got their arms but when, I, when I'm trying to do this you're you're trying not to give that information out right so but there is a couple of spots where you can tell well this is coming up this is coming up
1: mm-hmm no and others oh gonna go Ah, beautiful
2: transition god it's so beautiful
0: that was like a inverted suplex i like the backward suplex yeah i always did
2: oh lion
1: salt miss setting up for a kick potentially nope and
0: boom oh oh,
1: there's the ball come the walls or like, oh nope, switch that out. <laughs> but you can tell that these guys work together because they work so fl- they're everything so fluid. Here's the
2: uh-huh. best. Here comes the best transition of the whole match.
1: There you go, oh, right in the, middle of the, right he in the middle of the ring. Really goes and gets
0: uh, caught into the walls.
2: That hurts and so it. bad too because he's down on one knee.
1: Oh, and he calls it up oh, and.
0: Yep, that's Off
2: it.
1: must come the mask. Your winner uh, and still cruiserweight champion, Chris.
0: I wonder America. if Tony wanted to fuck Hooven too, too like he did Ray. I don't.
1: We'll, we'll see in a little bit if he's a handsome guy. And <laughs> obviously, if you watched AEW Dynamite with this match that they had, make sure you raise my hand. God damn it, Jericho says.
0: Raise my, my hand. I think Tony Schiavone wants to be the meat in the hoovi and Ray taco. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye.
1: So if you're if the if the Nitro's girl girls had the makeup chair, what did Hoovy and Ray have?
0: Um, that's <laughs> who knows. I,
2: here,
0: why is Mickey? <laughs> here's what I don't understand: Why is Mickey J staying in the ring for this? Like, why's he got to be in here for this whole? Oh, he's got to
1: make sure he's got to make sure that he takes off his mask. We can do some commentary. Chris Jericho saying, hey, I beat you fair and square. Take off that damn mask. I know you're a sexy boy underneath that mask.
2: Let that hair
1: flow over your face.
2: He's saying everybody says, y'all can leave if you want to because he's just so ugly. I don't want you to see this ugly kid. (laughs) I love it.
1: I might be 21. I'm a damn good looking man. I got to take this mask off right now. I got to put my hair in
0: front of my face so everybody... This is like such a horrible thing for Mexican wrestlers it, to have to do. It really
2: is. And
0: it Eric is. and Eric Bischoff rolls out of bed every day, going, "Ooh, what Mexican wrestler can I make take off his mask today?"
2: Right there, he's telling his family, his dad, "I love you," because this is a big thing to luchador wrestlers. I mean, this yeah. is this is why I picked the match because of how important and how big of a deal this is. Yeah. Because I mean, I understand how big it is. I, I mean, it, it's. I mean, this is this is real life, and this is something that they train from kids that they're trained to do. Yeah. And once you take it off, you're not supposed to ever put it back on. Ever. Not mm-hmm. supposed to ever put it back on.
0: Hoovy is a good-looking man, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing
1: is, though, it's like, do you – I get what you're saying, Adam, as far as it's just like that's a no-no in lucha Wrestling. Why? Why do you think they did it? In plain and simple, why do you think they they're just doing it to you know create another identity for them, or do you think they just want to base? I don't want to say embarrass them because that's not right to say, but you you think they're just doing it to do it?
2: I I think it's just something to draw to. Something different, pushing Jericho and...
0: Something to put a little more heat on the match.
2: There we go, exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, when, when there's a stake involved, other than a belt, it makes it, most of the time, makes it more interesting. Right. Especially a luchador, possibly losing his mask. I mean, in the Mexican culture, it's ah, such a big deal to have that mask.
1: It's just, we will see it, obviously, later here with... um with ray too but it's just i never understood it until i really got a little a little bit older a little bit wiser i guess you could say after watching it for so long because i never grew up with that stuff you know i grew up with watching you know old school wwf that they really have any mass wrestlers they didn't have lucha uh, lucha wrestlers until the that you watched you know, this stuff on Nitro or Thunder or the pay-per-views with, uh, with Ray or Hoovy or Psychosis or La Parca, whomever. Because there wasn't really too many Mexican wrestlers that didn't wear masks. Yeah, no,
2: and you don't get the stuff like that in Alabama. You don't get to see stuff like that.
1: So. <laughs> well, and he, he, well, no, well, I think nowadays more you see it, you know, you'll get a couple here and there, but you're not going to get a whole hell of a lot of wrestlers that will wear masks because it kind of limits them to that for a while. until uh, they here un- we go. Until they unmask. But, you know, we'll talk about this next match briefly and then we'll get into our next watch along. But do
2: we have to? We'll briefly <laughs>
1: talk about it because it's just. Davey just... Boy Smith and Steve McMichael, we built this up for. Basically, since the beginning of the month, Justin, we've seen them trying, they've all these backstage bullshit segments, beating up each other in the back, drinking tea and slapping it around, whatever. All I'll say about this is if you want to skip a match, and I hate Sanders because he's have two great, um, two great workers in the past, the crowd goes mild here. They, do, they couldn't care less. After that Jericho and Hoovi match, they couldn't care less about this match
0: emotional damage i think that's the first time steve mcmichael's ever been called a great worker
2: yeah i was wondering if somebody coming out after <laughs> i was wondering I, if somebody's coming out after, after British bulldog or something I don't <laughs> know, maybe i'm watching a different match or something i don't know i just think I, he's a i think he's better than a lot of people people
1: like shitting on him for some reason i think he served a purpose in wcw
0: I well, never said they, it was
1: a good purpose, but...
2: <laughs> now I'm about to find the guy.
0: They say when Bulldog fought Bret Hart at uh, SummerSlam for the Intercontinental title, he was all fucked up, and he told Bret, I'm fucked. Well, he probably should have said that when he was walking out here to wrestle Steve McMichael, because you're fucked, right. bro.
2: <laughs> and I think Mongo could... I think he had potential, but I just think he was just rushed. He was just... Hey, he's yeah. a big guy. He's got. He's got ability. Let's put him out there. And that should
0: never happen and basically in this match bulldog ends up working on the arm and gets mcmichael dead to rights in the middle of the ring on an arm bar that mm-hmm. looked pretty painful and the referee actually called for the bell and mcmichael did not give up and so he was pissed
1: yeah and we, we see him going back there to the back and you know he'll be gone for a little bit of time here we he won't be back until june um you know just in time for them to actually give a damn about him again so
2: well i mean um, you know what the best thing Mongo Michael did right it was
0: deborah uh, deborah <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> rj here from the ringside rant want to tell you about a great sponsor for the show Every plate. That's EveryPlate.com. While most meal kits come with a premium price tag, EveryPlate offers tasty dinners that won't break the bank. Even at full price, EveryPlate is 50% cheaper than grocery shopping and making it easy to save money. Experience full plates and full wallets with America's best value meal kit. Every plate delivers pre-portioned ingredients and easy to follow recipe cards right to your door so you can spend less time preparing and cooking and spend time enjoying the great food that you're going to make with your friends and family. Last year when Every Plate came on board with the Ringside Rant, I was kind of skeptic a little bit about running out of things to make but you can choose between 17 different recipes that change each week and swap from proteins to veggies and sides to your liking. Every plate cuts out trips to the grocery store and stressful meal planning so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. Times are tough right now. Money's tight and a lot of households. But when you visit everyplate.com, and use the promo code RingsideRant179. You can try EveryPlate for just $1.79 per meal by going to that website, that's EveryPlate.com, and entering the promo code RingsideRant179. Order right now at EveryPlate.com and never order with another company again. What we're going to do next, we're going to go right into it, is we're going to watch this next match between, like, a aforementioned match that I thought we were watching to begin with, but this is now, this is even better. Your U.S. heavyweight champion, DDP, taking on Chris Benoit for the U.S. title. They've been building this, just, and We saw a good promo by DDP this past week on Nitro, setting up this match. DDP's really putting Benoit over here before the match even starts. Um, mm-hmm. uh, They're teaming together against the flock to try to, you know, dismiss the flock, taking out DDP, taking out Benoit. Benoit has had a historic feud with Raven and the flock. Uh, He's coming off of stuff with, with Kevin Sullivan. That's well-documented, but I think this is really putting him on the map here, going against DDP for the U S title. That's that next step up we're going to yeah. see next year to the heavyweight title,
0: yeah. Like we talked about last week, this is yeah. kind of starting his ascension to main event status, which he'll gain next year in 1999 in WCW. Um, even to the point where he will win the world title and leave the next day and go to yeah. WWE, yeah,
1: yeah. But it's just in and, and obviously the rest is history. Obviously, we're not going to uh, you know dwell on that, but uh, just Man, it just what could have been there in WCW if it honestly, if it would have stayed, if he would have stayed, um, who knows what it would have happened? Would he held on to it? Who he would have lost to or beat or whatever? But um, what we're gonna do next is go. If you want to still watch with us, his next match. Like I said, it is the season. Excuse me, the season eight episode one of Super Brawl for Super Brawl eight WCW. We are at the one hour. 26 minute and 36 second timestamp. so without further ado justin or um, not justin justin he, you're you're there yeah he's not paying attention adam you want to give us a countdown
2: that's that's, that's why you call me justin so i
1: am not used hey. to having more than two people
0: here so it's I like mean, i'll I, give you I, a
2: lawful house and i'll let you compare that's, i'm not justin
0: that means you're a good looking man adam if you With get called my name <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ.
2: All right, countdown. (laughs) Three, (laughs) three, two,
1: one, play. David Pencher, man. How... Dude, I always loved David Pencher. Especially at this time. And even now, he's over an impact now, right? I believe. Yes. And that's... That's one of the sneaky good paper uh, promotions there with impact though in my opinion but uh the Benoit here man just looks freaking jacked upon jacked and just get sporting that mullet man that's a that's a Georgia state haircut right there or Alabama state haircut
2: hey, that's, that's top three in the state of Alabama son
1: yeah now you know is it true I heard that to figure out how old a, a man is in the state of alabama they have to measure the length of his mullet and if it's longer than six inches you have to be at least 30 years old
2: uh, it, it depends if they layer it or not because if you you catch one that's layered it'll throw yeah. you up big time
1: really i didn't oh, know you yeah. could do you could layer a mullet huh interesting
2: as long as the top layer is the longest you're good well no would you actually spike
1: it up there or...
2: you could spike. You just color. kind
1: of... yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah. This. I see that at the mall at Walmart
1: all the time. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to say that's like every other person has a mall in Walmart. Yesterday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, DDP here, we're, we're seeing him in the in the denim here. We, we see him later on in the tights, but this is probably the peak time for DDP, I think here, 97, 98, 99 is when DDP really was that face of the company regardless of whether it was NWO or WCW.
0: Yeah, I mean, 90, 98 is the year where he starts to – I mean, 97, obviously the the thing with Savage put him on the map, but now he's starting to take that other step up and actually be the man.
1: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we're going to see here is – I want to make sure – because I can't remember watching this too. Is yep, Is he selling it still?
0: The ribs, yes. The
1: ribs, yeah. Yeah, The
0: never-ending rib injury.
1: (laughs) Have you guys listened to his podcast with uh, Jake?
0: Yeah, I love it.
1: Oh, fan. Absolutely fantastic. Yes. And they actually... I can't... Maybe it was his first, the first episode they did. I don't know. But he actually talked about that he actually kept it for his whole career because he wanted to sell it. That was his selling tactic. Is... He wanted to get that. I don't know if it was the pity or something from the fans that, oh, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Cheer for me or whatever. But, but this is not going, you know, you see the shake, slap of the hands at the beginning of the match here, wrenching the arm bar. It's just, you're going to, this is probably going to be one of the most technical wrestling matches that DDP's probably going to have in his career with Ben Y here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get, this is uh, a good
0: match. I, I was, I was watching this today and I oh. I didn't re- I didn't remember this match being so as good as it is but it's it's a really solid match.
1: And we got little Nate here as a referee so that the match is already over.
2: That's a good-looking referee right there buddy.
1: Goddamn handsome man. <laughs> so I was surprised too that this match went over 15 minutes and that was pretty much right around that time frame that it was the perfect time for the match, I think. Yeah, yeah for U.S. title match, yeah, because you're going to want to give these guys who, regardless who's in it, you know, obviously, if Goldberg's in it, you're going to only get them probably about two minutes, but, anyways,
2: um, <laughs> it's about a minute too with, long. But
1: go ahead, right, exactly. With guys like a Ben Juan DDP, you know, we'll see later on with Raven. Or Saturn, um, you're going to want to give them a little bit more time, and that's this. Like I said, that's where the meat and the potatoes are, is the 15 minute mark here. Um, obviously, we're not going to see you know Hogan and Sting be doing uh, freaking broadways here. I think they only did. Uh, let's see here. That's a unique
0: move right there. DDP picked minutes. DDP picked Benoit up over his head, holding him on his shoulder, and then flipped him down into a. Uh,
2: like a gut buster
0: Yeah mm-hmm. like a gut buster from the top That was That was good
1: But yeah it's just oh, Grabbing a hair sw- Oh, So we've seen a lot I know what Justin I'm going to come in and been. give him
0: a fucking intentional foul Pulling on the <laughs> hair I've already done it once today Don't fuck with Jesus me you Christ. guys Good thing about you, know, you is you... you don't have to worry about anyone Pulling your hair RJ
1: Well my head hair anyways this is coming in. I, I, I had to do the, uh, Adam from Bama beard or the AKA, the Paulie Bromo beard, all the side. It's all my wife makes fun of me because all the sides come in gray. She's like, I don't, it's like you got patches on the sides. Cause it's all gray. I'm like, oh, thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just this intensity between both these guys. You know, it's a storytelling. There's, like we said with, with the Jericho match, Adam, it's like those little things that make the matches better. That you know, the selling of the DDP where Benoit tries to put the crossface on here, get him getting to the ropes, rolling outside, selling the back, selling the ribs. You know, and it's just it's just on stuff that people don't notice until you sit here and watch the match.
2: And see this, this right here, just these these spots. This stuff you don't learn until later on, like years into it. I mean, just mm-hmm. and the, and the DDP being a bigger guy, and mm-hmm. still just can do this like it ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. But those chops, you couldn't pay me to take those chops from Chris off
1: Oh, dude, there's we did. What was it? Were you guys there at that after party for the uh, AEW show in Chicago? Their Top Guy Weekend. In the lobby of the hotel after the pay-per-view. Oh,
2: that was no. where I lost my wallet. Yeah, I remember that. Ooh. I
0: actually walked in the hotel, got right on the elevator, went upstairs and went to sleep. I was fucking exhausted. Oh,
1: yeah. I remember, yeah, because I'm like, because I asked you, I'm like, dude, are you sick? No, no, I'm just tired. I'm like, oh, okay. <sighs> so, anyways, I forgot yeah. who brought I think it was Travis T Rob's brother or cousin or friend or something. The big ass dude.
2: Oh, his nephew. Ch- yeah, his nephew. Yeah.
1: Fucking chop me. I'm like, oh, what the hell? How bad could it be?
0: <laughs>
1: did you tense
2: up first? Or what did you relax or was you tense? Did you try I to just, I just kind of just No, if you just try to st- tense up, it makes it worse. Like if you We're- try to prepare yourself be- for it, it makes yeah. it
1: worse. So you gotta stay loose, kinda stay loose. Yes, yeah. t-
2: yes, yeah, because if you tense up, it just all. Oh.
1: But yeah, I'm like, I'm not taking. I give you guys, I give everybody that's taken chops before fucking credit. Cause that shit hurt. And that guy's he's, he's got fucking frying pans, man.
0: <laughs> that dude, that dude is big too. He's gigantic.
1: So what I was going to say earlier is we saw Benoit take that. Uh, turnbuckle head face first. Obviously Justin, you're going to say better. Brett, Brett's take takes that the best. Adam, yes. who do you say takes it the best? Is it Brett? Is it Benoit? Is it somebody else? Is it Flair?
2: Who do you uh,
1: takes that bump the best?
2: Okay, who takes it the best? Okay, good question. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> the turnbuckle that is.
2: Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I don't answer that question. Uh, of course, Brett. You can't just you can't leave him out of that. Yeah. But Benoit was awesome. Um, Ric Flair wasn't as intense with his but just everything I just love everything with Benoit that's why as far as in ring talent yeah. Benoit was just so intense when he needed to be he sold so good and Oof, taking a sternum bump doesn't really hurt too bad yeah. but he just makes it look like it kills you mm-hmm. and it's, God, it's so good I mean that's. But yeah, I
1: think Brent Milano. Well, look at that leapfrog by DDP. That's a big man getting up high.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, but you know another guy. will. oh, what is he doing here? Oh, and suplex. Oh, but another guy that takes took it fairly. Was uh, uh Owen that did it well too. Mm-hmm. I
2: forgot about Owen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he, it looked
1: like he freaking like, fuck. He ran into that shirt hard. But oh, there's a face wash to that fucking char yeah. or, uh, Charles Robinson in there. But it's just like you don't realize how big DDP is until you meet him in person. He's a big. He's a tall dude.
0: Yeah, he is.
1: He's like deceptively. He, he's he's like a he's like Billy Gunn, deceptively big. Oh, I've seen, seen him
2: and I've seen him in Chicago or Jacksonville. Yeah, Billy Gunn is a massive man. <laughs> he's a massive man.
0: He's also an ass man.
2: Hey, well, his ass boys right behind him.
0: <laughs> I
1: see what you did there. (laughs) Ah, that can't go. Anyways, but uh, (laughs) look at that transition there. Now, you. We'll talk about Justin. You've always been, you know, a fan of. We mentioned last week with Ultimo Dragon's gear, with a lot of Mm. these guys' gear. I talked about it earlier. I don't know if you, Kate, were there or you came back when I mentioned DDP stuff here with the tights and the and now he's here with the denim. Yeah. Did you really have a preference on how DDP, you know, had his gear where there was these combat boots and jeans or the tights and the boots or what?
0: I liked it like more when he was like in the black leather pants.
1: Right. Okay, uh, later. That was later yeah. on. That was after this, right? Like 98, 99. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz he took that over to WWF when uh he did a whole fucking stalker game. And God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking God. I'm sure we'll talk about that soon. Sooner than later, but. um, But it's just. You think that these are rust holds here? You think they're just winded? Or you just think they're just, it's, they're, they're telling the story somewhat?
2: It's. Uh, You're going to make me break the fourth wall. Okay. It's rest holds. But if you'll notice different times when they turn their head, especially with Ben Wall when he turns his they're head. Yeah. They're chatting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: you can see probably right there.
0: I know at one well, you point in this in... match, later on, I think, um, I watched it. When I watched it, I saw them both laying down. They both went down, and you could see DDP talking to Chris. Yeah.
2: But, see, Ben Wall was trained right. I mean, you know, being Canadian. To...
0: Yeah
2: you know, from Stu Hart dungeon. I mean, they're, when they're trained, you know, he makes it, you really have to look to see him doing it.
1: Now I got to Google this, but I'm pretty, wasn't, um, wasn't DDP part of the monster factory? It was Larry Sharp. No, he was Uh, I gotta, because that's gonna piss me off. Because I know he's a Jersey guy, so that would make sense.
2: He does, nope, he yeah. was trained by
1: Robert. Excuse me, never mind. I apologize. He was trained by Jake and the Power Plant. A fit. Well, it says on Wikipedia, anyways, and Wikipedia never lies. Oh, Wikipedia says it, then it's got to be true. Well, it's got to be true. But I could have sworn he had some connection to to the Monster Factory and Larry Sharp. Maybe he did work or something. I, I, like I said, I apologize to Danny Cage if that I was mis uh, misled, but. I'm sure Dana Cage is listening, anyways. But <laughs> very close, dear and personal friend Dana Cage. Um, but yeah, we're obviously we're talking over a freaking great match here, though. It, it's it, if you're gonna watch one match, this will be my suggestion for this match for this pay per view. Excuse me, watch this match. If you are a, an aspiring worker or thinking about getting into the business or any type of Worker in the business, or referee, or whatever. Watch this match, because this is personification of telling a story in the ring. This is a pure wrestling match. You're not going to have these flip and flops like you had in the Hoovy and Jericho match. This is a pure knockout drag out wrestling match.
2: Yeah, and this ain't a sports entertainment match. This is a wrestling match.
1: Yeah, uh, you're not gonna. Yeah you're, yeah, you're. Yeah, you're not gonna get any. Badma bon or DDP matches, you're not going to get any, you know, frills and whatever. You're going to get you know, knockout, drag out. But just just these sleepers, do you think this is a shit that was planned, something to get over or, oh, and flip? You, or 15, do you think this is just overused?
2: Uh, 15 minutes in the ring feels like 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. If you're just, pap- you know, boom, 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 boom. Them rest holds make it so much easier to get through a 15 minute match. Yeah, and you can see, if, you'll watch, if you will watch. if You see their chest, how how hard they're breathing. They needed these rest spots. Yeah, maybe more DDP than Bill Law, but
1: yeah, D- you can tell Bill
2: Law's wrestling the DDPs standard.
1: Now, when you're wearing, because is this like a um, uh, like a
2: back brace that he's wearing, Adam? Do you think? I think so. It's just like uh, one of them ones that you like the low like truck loaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now, do you think they are really like cut? That's got to cut off some sort of breathing to his, you know, stomach, right?
2: Yeah, it's got to be. I used to wear them at my old job, and they they're my horrible.
1: They want me to wear one of these things at my fucking job. I'm like, dude, fuck you. I'm not taking this thing on and off every (laughs) freaking time. I'm like, my back's my back sucks. Yes, I get it, but come on. I'm doing 45 stops a day. I can't freaking take it off 40, 45 times. Oh, look at that freaking discus calls. Line. Holy shit. He, oh, he's calling for it, guys. Calling for the... You like the diamond... Oh, maybe not. You like the diamond cutter or the RKO? Okay, yo, He
2: puts more emphasis on here. Yeah. DDP just kind of grabs and lays. Randy Orton jumps and goes with it. Oh,
1: you don't see this very often. DDP going up top. Pulls him into the center. Doesn't hook the leg. Easy for him to get out. See, DDP's very physically uh, frustrated at this point. Oh, and he goes down for the crossface. Oh, is he going to tap? Oh, he's close. Oh, and he gets his feet on the ropes. Just, it also... (laughs) We, we talked about the size of DDP. That comes into play a lot here, too, when you get even remotely close to the, to the ropes. All he's got to do is stick out a leg, and he's got there.
2: Yeah, and I can't remember the ring size that WCW uses. I know WWE uses a 20 by 20. I think theirs was I like think, 17. I think it's 18 by 18, if I'm not mistaken. Is it they're, usually, they're usually 16 by 16, 18 by 18, and 20 by 20.
1: Justin, how big's your ring at home?
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, what ring are we talking your, about?
1: Your wrestling ring,
0: okay. I gotta <laughs> not, remember, not
1: I'm the it. one with the pudding in
0: it. I gotta remember, I'm a teacher and I can't say certain things. Um, <laughs> it's hard sometimes. I made it, what she said. <laughs> it. Um,
1: <laughs> just making sure you're still paying attention. I'm like, oh, I gotta get him involved here. Uh, jello wrestling or pudding wrestling?
0: Jelly. Um, Vaseline. Awkward. Remember in, uh, in the, remember in old school when the girls were wrestling? In yeah, Vaseline? no,
1: that was KY jelly. Oh, uh, well, whatever.
0: <laughs> it's not the same.
1: <laughs> You're my boy blue. Oh my God. That was it. Now I got to watch it. God damn you. But look at these fucking suplexes, man. Does anybody do it any, any better? Um, obviously we can bring up Kurt Angle. We can bring up uh, Brock, but... Fuck man, he just he popped those hips and fucking
0: got you over real quick.
2: Yeah, I I, I think Benoit is yeah.
0: The Steiners were good. Um well,
1: but you get any of those guys Perry that have an amateur background. Yeah, even with even get uh uh Guerrero in there with Eddie with yeah. the three amigos, It's just everybody had their own little shtick with it.
0: Oh, what the fuck was that? There it is.
1: Zip. Is that it? One, two. Oh, ooh, that was close. So, who's this dude on the outside with the fucking leather vest and the camera?
2: The one. Don't say photographer.
1: Don't say fucking photographer because that's. Nope. Are they going to wear the backside? Ooh, there it is. Look at that diamond cutter, dude. That was just perfect placement. And that's three. Dude, what a... F- that was a fucking great finish.
2: And that was, respect- was a very, a very res- respectful cover. Mm-hmm. It wasn't disrespectful with it. You know, he just put his arm over, you know. He- and DDP's still kind of working heel a little bit here, pushing referee back. Mm-hmm. Now, putting his forearm in Benoit's face, but... A very respectable cover. Very good match. Nothing stuck out as far as botches or whatever. Mm-hmm. This this was an amazing match. I mean, see this is my re- number one match right here.
1: To see the replay of that and just diamond cutter, I don't know. It's just selling it well. And it's just – and this is – is this something that – I talked about during the Jericho match. Is this something that they just say, hey, this is the finish, this is the middle, this is how we want to start? Because I, my guess is that these two guys are good enough, they can call it in the ring.
2: See, it's I, – I think the more of the – hello. I'm oh, sorry. Hey, like, sorry Alex. <laughs> I got distracted there. But we the, go out
1: to the crowd, through the crowd.
2: The, the, the Luchard-Libre-type matches, they go more in depth with their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh then Meanwhile – I, I can imagine him, you know, you know Canadian, Sue Hart. Mm-hmm. They probably said, hey, look, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. Everything else, we'll talk about it out there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Like I and I, they did.
1: I, I, Yeah, and I agree with you too, Adam, is uh, this is clearly the best match on the card by far. And I just really think that this, I think DDP really elevated Benoit in this match. And I think Benoit elevated DDP as well. So yeah. I think they helped each other get over.
2: And it's two different styles of, of wrestlers, but they made it they made it work. And they, and they made it look seamlessly, too. That was the best part. Mm-hmm. I mean, DDP being six, eight inches taller, probably. And, you know, being more of a brawler-type guy, but even, even though Ben is a smaller guy, he, he's, he makes it look real. And that's right. the thing with Ben Wall. Even though he's smaller, he makes everything look real that makes it believable.
1: No, without question. And, uh, you know, we're going to see – we'll move on uh, when to get to these next couple of matches and get to some uh, listener questions as well. But uh, next match up after this match, it, it has a lot to live up to. And it kind of sort of not really – doesn't do it We got Randy Savage taking on Lex Luger in a no DQ match. Um, Luger is going over in this match in just over seven minutes. Um, the only thing I got out of this match, you know, two good guys, two good workers, two good faces of the company. Uh, Luger comes out selling the ribs from the NWO attack on Thunder. and the only thing I got out of this is why the hell does a bell ring for a no DQ match?
0: I know. I I didn't. I don't know. The whole thing was a little weird, I felt like. Mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy this. And I always usually love Macho Man matches. Oh, exactly. This one, not so much.
2: And they promoted the hell out of this match during the pay-per-view, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, it, it wasn't anything
1: special. And ultimately, when you think about this pay-per-view, you forget about the, that match, I think.
0: By the way, I'm just gonna say this right now. I have heat with Jimmy's fucking famous seafood. Oh Jesus Christ, what now? What the fuck are they doing? I'm looking on
1: a l- little more a con- little more context, it would help.
2: Say this on, be good. Go ahead.
0: I'm on Twitter. Oh And I see a tweet from Jimmy's Famous Seafood that says, wait until the Bengals fans wake up and find out they don't get to automatically pick in the top five of the draft every year. Hey, Jimmy's Famous Seafood, stick to fucking seafood. We don't need your Bengals takes, sons of bitches. I was actually thinking about ordering some crab cakes from there and getting that through the mail, but fuck you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Long John Silver's.
2: Captain
1: D's, but definitely not. <laughs> so I, let me just check. Okay, Sue Food. Okay, check you off the list of being a potential sponsor because of that little <laughs> freaking rant that Justin just went on.
0: How dare they step on the good goddamn name of the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: Yeah, who? what do the Bengals ever do for anybody? Um, not so, win any
0: Super Bowls.
1: Like I said last week, yeah, or, uh, fuck I did. Do you know too?
2: Like I said last week,
1: Justin, <laughs> until you lose four in a row, you got nothing on me. Uh, so speaking of not having anything on anybody is the Steiner's up out here next as your tag champs taking on the outsiders with dusty fucking roads in the again, whatever. We talked about that last week too, but, um, work ultimately they've been building this. They've been building it. They've, Talking about which Steiner brother's going to turn on what Steiner brother. They're talking about this. They're talking about that, and they never really talk about the team of the outsiders.
0: I know. It was all about. You know what I mean? Stein, yeah.
1: And whether that is, I'm almost positive. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that uh, Nash and Hall really kind of booked their own matches, as far as storylines go. Hmm. So maybe it's part of their doing. So I don't know. Uh, You know, if you're out there, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, you can DM us at underscore ringside rant and let us know if you're listening to here, but um, ultimately spoiler Scott turns on Rick. And ultimately the outsiders win this match a little over four minutes. It, for the most part, it proved its point. It's proved it had the point in it to get Scott over to the dark side, pun intended, I guess, to the NWO. Uh, but it's just a couple years too late,
0: I think. They, they kind of almost let the cat out of the bag a little earlier, too, because when Scott was coming down to the ring, he looked pissed. He looked like a heel. Like, you could already tell, like, something's not right here. Um, but... I I don't know. I didn't love this match. I didn't love this breakup of the Steiners. I mean, it did bring us Big Papa Pump. He's your hookup. But
1: holler if you hear me.
0: Holler if you hear me. For all you freaks and geeks or whatever. That
1: was a that was a hell of a sitcom, by the way. Freaks and geeks. Is that what yeah. that, was, that was? Like it was like a high school, like a, a high school musical before high school musical.
0: Yeah, I never watched that. <laughs> I'm I know that, I uh, that on the internet. I know that James Franco was in it and uh and that other guy Joel you know.
1: No, Seth Rogen.
0: Seth Rogen. Yeah, that's who I meant.
1: I think Heath Ledger was in it too.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I think he was.
1: I maybe I got to go I'll go google it eventually. And
0: I think Adam Probama was in it too.
2: I was in the sequel.
1: <laughs> he was a custodian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're gonna get here to the main event of the evening for the vacant WCW Worlds Heavyweight Championship Sting versus Hollywood Hogan, yet again. Uh,
2: I'm just glad Sting was, I'm glad he was tan right here because He's that's what then. got him the title. That's what oh, got exactly,
1: him hey, you're tan, you're over. <laughs> um I, we're gonna see little nature out here once again and uh you know hogan's doing hogan shit man hogan's got a pose man um uh, and
0: i actually thought hogan worked well in this match you think so for hogan i thought it was
1: a, <laughs> for hogan, one, of his, it
0: got... <laughs> one of his better performances i really did
1: um but no he just does hogan shit man but it got over
0: yeah, I mean, I thought he played a scared little heel real well in this match. Um, you know, overall, I thought this was actually okay, this main event.
2: Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, Hulk Hogan, he's, he's a showman. Yeah. Yeah. And Sting is just good. I mean, this so
0: Yeah.
1: We're, we're, we're going to see little Nage get knocked out for the ref bump. We're going to see Patrick come out, slide in over. And it counts pinfall at 16 minutes and 35 seconds. And that
0: was a good little add in because everyone thought Nick Patrick was going to help Hogan. And he comes in and immediately starts giving Hogan shit Mm -hmm. saying I'll fucking, you know, disqualify you, whatever. And I thought that was a good little add in on the match.
1: No. Do you think that the match was too long or do you think it was just the right amount of time, 16 minutes, Obviously, it's a couple of minutes longer than obviously with the U.S. title match, and I think it rightfully so. It should be a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, I didn't have a problem. with that. That's probably one of Hogan's longer matches. <laughs> yeah, 69. probably. But no, I thought it was fine. I actually, I was expecting to hate the matches. I don't remember watching it. I'm sure I did. I'm expecting to hate it, and I didn't hate it. It was fine.
1: No, we went over. We talked about Star K ninety seven. Hogan and Sting as well for the title. Where Sting won it, won it the first time. Do you prefer, and bo- for both of you too? Do you prefer the '97 Starcade or do you prefer the '98 Super Brawl here for the Hogan Sting matches?
0: I thought this was a better match. I don't know. I mean, obviously it wasn't built up as much, but right. I thought I thought it was a better match than the Starcade.
1: Yeah, but like I said, and it's just you're gonna get you're gonna get that stuff no matter what. You know, you're gonna have multiple times that they're gonna have this feud or these matches, excuse me. So you know it's gonna be there eventually.
0: But so we get Sting. Is that his what? This will be his third.
1: Third? Is that a second? I know it's definitely two.
0: But he wanted it from Flair. And then he won it at technically. So it's a three, then. Yeah. This would be his third world title reign. But
1: uh, one guy that should definitely have a world title reign is Mitchell Rich Palladino. So let's send it up to the ring for him right now. It's listener questions. All right, so we got a couple questions this week from two of our top guys on this show. Our first question asker i guess you could say here's our man brad stanton all
0: right, all right. so his first it's as good as the last two weeks he he cracked me up a few weeks ago with that crackhead question on was it
1: Billy um Kim. oh yeah that was two weeks ago <laughs>
0: yeah
1: uh, so he's got a couple this week. He's got well, one that'll go right to you, Justin, because you're all about the outfits. He says, "Which outfit do you think you could pull off, discos or la parkas?"
0: I'm. I mean, I think you should be in la parkas. They cover up that mug.
1: Well, without question, I figured that that was that was a given. I didn't even have to say anything. That's why I said, "Go, Justin, take it."
0: And I'll I'll I'll, I'll shake my ass in disco's uh, disco fever orange pants. You don't hey, even have.
1: He does that now.
0: It's Bingle's collars. So give me the disco. Give me the disco pants. Jeez, of
1: course you would. And, and we, we clearly know it's. I I, I think Adam would look at in uh kind of like a combination of uh, disco and um high energy with the little like the spaghetti straps
2: he said high energy <laughs> not Thanks.
1: high energy or um uh, uh fuck what the hell's their uh stanton if high you voltage, me excuse me high voltage excuse me not high energy if, high energy if stanton,
0: if stanton buys me the disco pants i will wear them to a Bengals game next year
1: no, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope. no, Top guy weekend. You cannot. no, <laughs> you have to have evidence. We have to be around as painful as it is going to see you in spandex, Justin. We have to see it to make sure that it happened.
0: <laughs>
2: it's better than seeing him without, it, without anything on. You know.
1: <sighs> well, it's better than seeing Canadian Travis and his n- nut huggers. Um, so, Yeah, think about that and try to sleep later tonight. Uh, So Brad's next question is, do you think they should have had a second match? Oh, we talked about this. A second match with Booker T later in the show?
0: Yeah, no, I think they did it it right. I think they did it right the way they did it. Just because I feel like if you put it later, it loses heat from the fans. Uh,
2: Yeah, and I don't mind it being together. The only thing that threw me off was why I have the Intercontinental or the the champion in the first match. You know, you'd think the champion would be in the second. That's the only thing that threw me off.
1: But do you think – well, yeah. But did you think the title change should have happened at the, fir- the first match then or the second match?
2: I think it should have happened second match. I think it yeah. should have been Booker T. Saturn first. Uh-huh. And then here comes um, the champion second what? match
1: what do we have after we had a disco match right after okay so there wasn't really anything to build to it you know what i mean so they have had to had to have some sort of let me down match well they had goldberg too so that was beside the point but they had us to have some sort of let me down match before they stole the show again with the jericho and hoovey match so um but no that makes sense all right so wait justin I know we we keep I keep hearing shit in my ears. Do you hear that, Justin? Yeah, that clinging, that chinging. No. I think I think did money Mike just swear.
0: Here comes the money.
1: Here we go. Money
0: talk.
2: Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money, <laughs> money, 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 money,
0: money. Oh <laughs> yeah, money what Mike. What the hell? Dropping f bombs left and right. I, I don't know where he, who raised him, but you know the etiquette for money mike is just out there these days
1: he gets all cocky he goes on to efren's wonderful wonderful show on ad free shows and if you're not part of ad free shows go over to adfreeshows.com right now and this is a shameless plug i will give them all day and every day but go over to become a part of the ad free shows and be and make sure you sit on this the uh, i think they're calling it uh what, it? what were they calling it uh the game event. Game event. Game okay, event. I know we change it. Yeah, the game. game event. Okay. So make sure you, you, you subscribe, become a Patreon, and, and just, it's an absolutely fantastic time. And Money Mike ran the table, as we talked about earlier. And uh, maybe he's just getting a little cocky. He thinks he's that, a high, that, high, high shit now.
0: That Google machine was smoking. Yeah.
1: And now And now Money Mike is smoking, too. <laughs> so his question is looks like it's solely for Adam tonight is uh, as a former in-ring worker. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to take former as an in-ring worker. From a technical standpoint, what match stood out on this card?
2: Oh, it's, it's definitely Benoit DDP. I mean, I mean, anytime Benoit's in a show, he's out there to take the show. He's out there to make sure he's got the best match. He's the most intense. He's gonna sell the best. Um, the only thing comparable to him on this show would be Perry Saturn. And yeah. he just he's just so underrated, honestly.
1: Perry Saturn, uh, you mean?
2: Yes, Perry Saturn very definitely underrated. Yeah. Uh but Benoit, just no doubt in my mind, as a wrestler worker standpoint, Benoit is one of my top three all time.
1: Oh yeah, without question. And there's like really nobody in WCW right now that can really like you said, Perry Saturn's about the only one that can really hold a hold hold a candle to his technical work. But with that being said, we want to thank you, Money Mike. At least I will, anyways, Justin won't, because he's well, yeah. I think he's, I think I think Justin's getting a little bit jealous of you, Money Mike.
2: You better thank him or he'll drop an F bomb on you
1: literally <laughs> apologize right after <laughs> well of course you know he's, a, he's he was raised correctly so he's got he's gonna have to apologize uh either that he's gonna send you a, like a he's gonna ha- hand hand write sentiment and mail it to you well maybe not mail it to you he's gonna have like a carrier pigeon i think because i don't think i don't think they get mailed down there in uh pennsylvania right <laughs> up in the mountains of pennsylvania
2: oh, smoke signal, <laughs> morse code
1: Before we talk about next week, uh, we just wanna wanna thank you for coming on, Adam. It's definitely fun to sit down and chat with you finally and at least on the show anyways, and uh sit down and watch some old school wrestling with you. Uh Ways uh if people wanna get in contact with you a whole or uh, get a hold of you, hire hire your cameo or something that you could be coming out soon. I don't know. Hire for like parties, have you pop out of a cake or something?
2: Cupcake. (laughs) <laughs> uh twitter's um at adam underscore from underscore bama and that's pretty much all i do i'll get on facebook every now and then but i don't like nobody on facebook no more
1: did you literally have to look at your phone so you make sure you under you knew what your handle was
2: i did I ain't did, did you <laughs> i saw
1: you look down and i'm like did he just look at his <laughs> phone because he doesn't know what his handle is
2: <laughs> i did but i really I enjoyed tell- it i really do appreciate it I love yeah. chatting about the old school like 97, 98 wrestling. Yeah. I forget how good it was, how good Tony Schiavone. Mike Tenay is just amazing. I didn't realize back then how amazing Mike Tenay was, but hearing him now, he's probably my top three announcer. But Bobby the Brain Heenan is just on another level. So good.
0: Bobby was in yeah. a like, sweet I mean, ass. Was a Bobby was in a sweet ass, like dark purple coat. Blazer to on the pay per view here tonight, too.
1: Oh, yeah, without question. And on and and next week, Justin, we are going to be continuing this uh, great stretch of uh, wrestling here at 97 98. We're going to go back just slightly a year to March of 1997 to WWF. We're going to be building up to WrestleMania 13 in Chicago. Oh yes! So we are going to I'm be watching. Oh, God. oh, I am too. We're going to be watching, or excuse me, we're going to be covering the March third, nineteen ninety-seven edition of Monday Nitro or Raw is War, back in the day. So a lot of build up next for uh, next month, yeah. Justin. Really looking forward to this because ninety-seven. We haven't really done a lot of WWF.
0: We've yeah, done
1: quite a bit of WCW so I'm looking forward to this.
0: Raw in the spring of 97 was absolutely fantastic I feel like. Um Heart Foundation has not started yet. Mm-mm. Um but we're kind of building toward definitely Brett a uh, Brett Hill turn here at the end of the month and uh yeah, I'm excited for that. Obviously WrestleMania 13 has one of the greatest matches of all time between Brett and Steve. Um, but there's also some other interesting stuff on that card. Um, so yeah, let's do it. March 97 WWE. I'm fired up and ready to go.
1: I thought you were talking about the great technical wrestling six man tag match. That was Ahmed Johnson, LOD (laughs) versus the nation domination. I thought that was the best match. Okay. Well, whatever. Well, there was a great,
0: (laughs) there was a great technical match for the world title that night too, between uh, psycho Sid and the undertaker.
1: Well, we'll get we'll get into that at the end, end of March, but we're definitely looking forward to uh, each and every one of you listening to this episode, and uh, listening each and every week, especially next next week going forward for ninety seven WWF. Um, so make sure you go over and follow us on the Twitter gimmick at underscore ringside rant. He is at JD twenty forty. Or you can just simply go to castby.com slash rant. You're going to have all our platforms there that we're on, including Shining Wizard Wrestling Network, full press coverage, and Wrestling with Johnners. So thanks to all three of those great networks for having us on their networks. Um, And thank you for listening this week. And Justin, I know I'm going to say this until we have some sort of idea what the fuck's going on with baseball, but... uh, (laughs) dude what do you got to say to close up this show because it ain't going to be who day
0: yeah uh, nothing really just thank you uh adam from bama coming on we really appreciate it it was a lot of fun and uh, we will see you guys next week